You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. In this episode, we're chatting to Kim, who got in touch with us because while she could drive happily around her hometown, she struggled with driving on dual carriageways and motorways, and she wanted to see if we could help in any way. However, as the conversation developed, it turned out that motorways and dual carriageways weren't the only things that Kim was avoiding. So let's dive into this episode. Kim, thank you for joining us and agreeing to take part in this podcast episode. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? I can. And thank you for inviting me on for this podcast. Basically, I have been a um, fairly confident driver for most of my adult life. I think I passed my test when I was about 21. I passed my test in April. And by the summer, because I was a student, I hired a car with a friend and I drove from Hertfordshire all the way to Land's End had a great time, not one snippet of fear, had a wonderful time. Well, I think my parents weren't too pleased. <laughs> a little bit nervous. Um, and so I've been driving for some time and then got married in my 30s, had children still driving on the M1, not such far distance because my husband was taking over most of the driving then. And so um, I had no fear. It just developed over an event where I was driving from... Watford to London, that little short strip on the M1. And the car felt a bit wobbly. I can only explain it like that. And this went on for some time. And then to the point that I had to pull over and call my husband, who came and got me with my brother, and they took over driving. I went to the doctor and they basically said, You've got an ear infection, which made complete sense at the time, which obviously it would interfere with your balance, but I just didn't know at the time. But after that event, I lost my confidence driving on the M1. Yeah. I can drive in city centres like Stirling Moss. <laughs> and that was probably about 15 years ago. About 10 years ago, I challenged my lack of confidence to move to Milton Keynes. And I was able to drive on the A5 from Dean's Hangar up until Milton Keynes. Because I could do that stretch quite frequently, I then extended it to Watford. So great. I was back on the A5, back driving to Watford from Milton Keynes, which was great. Built my confidence up. And then probably about four years ago, we were moving home. I was on the A5, car full of furniture, icy road. It skidded a little bit on the A5 and lost my confidence completely. I cannot go on the A5, cannot go on the M1. Don't know what to do. I'm like Sterling Moss in and around Milton Keynes. But yeah. I just can't do the bigger roads now. And I'd love to be able to do that. Like you say, you're really confident driving around Milton Keynes, which isn't necessarily the easiest place to drive. Lots of drivers new to Milton Keynes struggle with it because we have so many lovely roundabouts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's not a problem for you. Not. So is it, taking you just back there a little bit is it the fear of something happening in the future because of what's happened in the past that's part of it yes absolutely and the fact that i'm stuck i can't do a u-turn i can't get off i have to keep going and that fear of 
a lack of balance feeling might come back. And it's a big, wide open road with lots of fast moving cars. And it's just sort of overwhelming. Okay. Okay. So when we spoke originally, I talked to you about writing down some of your yes. thoughts. Yes. How did you get on with that? Initially, I took to Google. And I remember you saying, see if you can measure the distance. I think what might help me to build up my confidence is if I can imagine the distance, if I know it's only 500 yards to the next turning, I can just sort of build my confidence up to keep going. And so I went on Google Maps and tried to sort of pinpoint the distance from the roundabout to McDonald's on the A5 to the point at which it goes into a single carriageway which is quite difficult to do, actually. Yeah. And so I couldn't do it. I really want to know how far is it? How many, is it a mile and a half? Or, and then I think that would help me with my confidence. But I got so far and I, I couldn't sort of accurately see the distance or work out the distance from Google Maps. But what I did do is take your advice and I sort of, I wrote down the route from, say, Milton Keynes to Watford. Yeah. And the different junctions, including the junctions I would never take and even though writing them down I put down Watling Street A5 and then you go on to the Dunstable Northern Bypass which go on I've just written it down and then M1 exit 11A exit Dumption 5 onto to Watford so I've written it all down but there is still a distance between me being able to do that and this is almost like writing it down for someone else yeah <laughs> that fear is still there did you write down any of the thoughts that you have when you think about that journey? Yes. Some of which is sort of anxiety. Uh, I wrote that down. Just sort of, as I just explained, that big open road, I, I just feel overwhelmed because I can't turn around and I'm stuck. Yeah. And I'm obviously, ultimately, you don't want to get into an accident or anything. And that's the biggest fear. So that was the main thing. It's an overwhelming feeling of anxiety when I put myself in that position, whether it's an ear infection or skidding, it still brings me back to that fear factor. If I have to challenge uh, myself and try and get back on the road, I did put in, write down some sort of positive affirmations, which is, I don't have an ear infection anymore, so you'll be fine. And uh, I skidded because it was icy and the car was heavy. Maybe I need to drive slightly differently. But there's still that disconnect between, yeah, I've written it down, but it put me in front of the car and get me to do those things is completely different. Yeah. So just, I'm curious. Yeah. I love being curious. So if you think about driving and there's no weight in the car and it's a nice sunny day. Yes. So like at the moment, we're in the middle of an English summer. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, how would that feel driving on the A5? I would be okay in the single carriageway leading up to the McDonald's roundabout. Yeah. But now imagining it, I still pulling off. I would, that fear factor, that anxiety will creep back in. Oh, yeah, it's sunny. That's nice. But it's not a big enough distraction to quash my fears yeah. um, driving on the A5, that little wide carriageway there. And then what I want you to do now is now visualise driving in Milton Keynes. Yes. Because we know Milton Keynes is quite fast between different roundabouts. Yes. And it's a lot of dual carriageways. Yes. How does that feel? Oh, fine. 
no fear at all. No fear at all. And the reason behind that is because you don't feel stuck. I know the next roundabout is not very far away. Yeah. I know that, yeah, if I get onto this stretch of road, it's a dual carriageway. I'm leaving that roundabout. I know the next one. Well, number one, I do the run, so it's frequent, so I know where it's coming. But not only that, I know it's not very far away. Yeah. Get off and any issues, I can change it. Correct. It just sounds like you're in control of that. You're yeah. in control of Round Mill and Kings. You're in control. So yeah. I can get out. I'm not going to be stuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, well, yeah. that's a really nice place to be because you can actually drive Round Mill Kings and, and you don't feel stuck. So it's just certain roads now where that fear comes in. Yes. The fear of being stuck and not being able to turn around or get off. Yes. Okay, I've got this lovely clear picture of, of what's happening. So take me back to it when you could do it. How did that feel when you could just do it now? You know, when before when you was driving confidently and you was driving on the motorways and you was driving on those dual carriageways for a distance. How did that feel? What was happening then? Um, to be honest with you, I, in the back of my mind, there was still a little bit of fear because of the history that went on prior. I was confident. I knew that I, if I wore certain colours or just made myself comfortable in the car and didn't drive too fast. I mean, I'm not a fast driver, I promise. As long as I just sort of made myself comfortable and relaxed, then I was fine. I wouldn't get that feeling of being nervous again if I sort of, I don't know, skid or go too fast. So I was always aware, don't drive too fast when you get on the A5. That's true. So there's certain things that I had in place to just make myself more comfortable and relaxed. And did you feel in control? Yes, most of the time. Most of the time. The, time, the odd occasion where I didn't feel in control was when there were other drivers. And I don't know if you know the A5 at all, leading down to Dunstable. And it's sort of, there's a long stretch of road, there's a hill. And if somebody's in front of you and they are going slow up the hill and you're trying to, well, for me, going up the hill, I just sort of, or, you know, put my foot down hard and hopefully nobody's in front of me. I can go straight up and do it quickly. But if somebody's in front of you and they're driving slower up the hill and now you have to sort of um, think more carefully about your clutch control and that sort of thing, that's when I got a little bit anxious fear factor came in because now I'm thinking oh god I would be faster to kind of zoom up so although that stretch was is still a concern of mine going up and down the slope but particularly if there is somebody ahead of me when they're driving at a different to me and then I have to be more aware of my clutch control yeah and I go back to Milton Keynes again yeah where we feel confident and we you know it's you know we're in control yes is there any sort of like hills or you're approaching roundabouts where it might be a queuing traffic that you can you have to have that control the clutch no. control no and if there are any hills i avoid them <laughs> i don't know of any and to be fair the other day my uh, daughter asked me to drop her somewhere and i looked on the map oh i haven't been there before i'm not sure what the road's going to be like i didn't do it. i said really sorry can't do this one halt because I didn't know and I didn't want to get stuck somewhere that I didn't know what the road was going to be like. I usually go on the Google map and I'm there and I think, mm, let's have a look at this. Mm, I might be able to do that. But that time I didn't know the road and it looked like on the visual that it was going to be sort of an open road and made me feel a bit uncomfortable. So I didn't do it. 
So I literally just do the rows that I'm very comfortable with. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Now, from my point of view, and I think we talked about this before, when you're avoiding something, yeah. you're actually reinforcing that avoidance. Mm. So in the same way as when we build up positive habits, I'd say the simple one of cleaning your teeth, everyone cleans their teeth in the morning without even thinking about it once they're past a certain age anyway. So when you're building up habits, every time you do it, you're reinforcing it to the point that it becomes a really nice, strong habit. Yes. Avoidance works in the same way with reinforcement. So when you're avoiding something, yes. you reinforce and make that avoidance a habit instead. Mm -hmm. And also what you're doing is by avoiding certain things, so the motorway, the A5, certain stretches of dual carriageway. Yes. What you're doing is you're telling your brain that it's correct and that you shouldn't do it. So what you're doing is you're reinforcing the belief that it isn't safe to do the thing that you're avoiding. Right. So reinforcement and avoidance can take a while to unravel because actually it's taken a while to build up as well. Yeah. So it's a bit like when they say if you fall off a horse, you should get straight back on again and ride yeah. it again. Yeah. And it's, it's for that reason. It's because if people then avoid yes. riding, the longer they avoid it for, the harder it is to get them, mm. get them riding again when you fall off your bike or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's exactly the same with driving. It is something that's going to take a while to unravel. And I think the way to unravel avoidance is to start taking tiny baby steps of action. So that are maybe not quite in your comfort zone, mm. but aren't so challenging that they feel too difficult. So it's trying to find that balance between something that's just outside of your comfort zone, yes. something that just feels a bit challenging, that gives you that sort of edge of, oh, I'm not sure, but not enough to make you go, oh, no way. So something that is, yeah, maybe with some preparation and planning, I could just give that a little try. And it's about making these little baby steps of challenging that start working towards undoing the avoidance interesting i like something you mentioned earlier where you said that you was wearing your clothes you had your confidence jacket on something that just made me feel confident and comfortable nothing too bright and gear it's just comfortable yeah and i think that could be something that you could use when you're taking these i'm going to say baby steps yes feel comfortable feel comfortable in your seat and I don't know where you live, but there might be somewhere just outside where you could just practice clutch control. I need a hill for that. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, if you was just to practice hill starts on a flat, and what you do is, it sounds weird, what you've done is you've eliminated the hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what you're doing is you're just getting used to the control of the car. Um, and you okay, yeah, that feels, I got this. And you've probably done it thousands of times but you've never really thought about it because it's just what you do if you stop at a set of traffic lights you just move away in fact i think i took the wrong turn in uh, early this year 
in Milton Keynes, I was on my way to Costco, and instead of going on Shaffron Way, I was on Saxon Street, and I kept going and going, and next thing I saw was a sign for the M1. I literally pulled over, put my hazard lights on, called my husband, I said, you've got to come and get me. I think there are M1s on the other side of the roundabout. I was so scared. And he came and he said, right, you've got to drive. You've got to, I've you followed me. And it turned out that it, it wasn't going to lead me to the M1. It just looked like it was. I just needed to do a U-turn around the roundabout and that's fine. But I literally stop and freeze if I feel like I'm going anywhere near the M1, even if I'm in Milton Keynes. Yeah. yeah. All you probably saw on that sign was the M1 sign. That's probably all you saw. You notice that blue, because it's in blue to highlight, to make it easier to notice. Okay, it's called imminent, yeah. 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 And that's a really good example of where stress kicks in and logic disappears because you just have pure stress and emotion and then you can't think logically because actually as a driver in Milton Keynes, you know that if there's a roundabout there, yes, there might be a turning for the motorway or anywhere else, but the nature of a roundabout is that you can... Around it? Drive around <laughs> it, <laughs> And you do that. I mean, it's got to be the town with the most roundabouts in it in the country. You do roundabouts all the time. So you absolutely knew that, but because that stress comes in, it just whammies you. And logic is gone. Do you ever use a sat-nav? I haven't. My husband used to use it for long trips because it's a technical sort of device. And I, there's a little bit of, I've used it once or twice. Yeah. But because it's a technical device, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you might just hit me on the one. So I've got to use it. I prefer just to go to, to the map. What I tend to do is I go on my phone and put or Google Maps and I literally put it on paper. I write journey down. I literally put it on paper so I don't end up in the wrong in you know, a road that I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. The reason I say that is because you can plan in the journey that you're going to take. Yeah. You can put into it not to go on motorways. So if you know the sat nav's not going to take you on motorways, that could have better effect on the start of your journey. Even if you see a sign yeah. for the M1, what could happen is that oh, well, I know I'm not going on it because my sat nav's tough. And it's sort of like a coping strategy. Yes, you've got to get used to technology and have technology in the car with you while you're driving, which is, again, another distraction. But again, just doing it on normal journeys gets you used to it. So you're not you're not just doing it on a journey straight away that you don't know. What you're doing is you drop the kids off at the station or whatever that you do, put the sat-nav up and get used to the voice. And then when you do have to put a destination in that you're not familiar with, and then it'll say, give you loads of options, normally three options, and you'll pick the one that just says no motorways. I mean, even though it might just take me on a road I'm not comfortable with, but at least that road, hopefully, I should be able to see and know that actually I'm not familiar with this road, so I don't have to go down it, and there might be another option. Exactly, and you think about that's what a sat-nav does. Yes. A sat-nav would always get you to your destination. So even if you took the wrong turn that the sat-nav was telling you, and you carried on going, you know the sat-nav's going to reroute you. Yeah, that's true. It's just something I was thinking about when you were talking. It's like you can drive. There's just certain bits that make you stuck. There's there's those little barriers there. And maybe having that sat there as someone that's there to help. 
That's someone that can give you directions in advance. It can even tell you how long that journey is because sometimes the screens actually say, travel on this road for three miles. And that's the other thing. It will also tell you how far away your junction is. So if you were on the A5, for example, it won't tell you all the junctions, but it would tell you how long you were staying on until your junction. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one way to use technology. Sometimes people find technology a distraction or something that doesn't help. It's an unhelpful distraction. But sometimes what we can do is just use it for you and yeah. use it in the way that you want to use it. It's a really good suggestion because I've got the sat-nav at home possibly too. I walk past it every, all, every day. I wouldn't pick it up because I think it's going to take me down the wrong road. But in actual fact, if I just use it for my regular trip, and like you said, just get used to it. Um, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Oh, I like those words. And you don't, if on your regular trip, if it does say go this way instead, you don't have to do what it tells you to do. So if it's your regular trip and you're like, oh, I like this way, thank you very much, you're still in control. It's still your choice, unless you're feeling curious like Kenneth, and then you can go, oh, well, maybe I'll try that way one day. (laughs) My mystery journey. Yeah. But you can definitely set it so that it doesn't go on motorways. That is a yeah. because lots of people like to avoid the motorway, not just because of the anxiety or nerves. Some people just prefer not to drive on the motorway. So that is setting on the Yeah. Yeah. And I think practicing on your normal, regular, everyday journey, because you know where you're going. So you're not relying on the sat-nav to tell you where to go. Um, you're just practicing getting used to it. Yeah. Seeing how you get on with it. Yeah, I can do that. I definitely will do that. I'm desperate to sort of move on. And, you know, I would love to take kids outside of Milton Keynes, zip to London, zip to the seaside, you know, or any of these things, because you might just go and visit my parents on the train if it's me and the kids. And that's like 50 pounds a trip. Um, and you can't really go much further because coach fares are expensive and when I compare that to the price of me just putting in I don't know 20 pounds of petrol compared to 60 pounds of traveling so there's a lot riding on me being able to drive outside of Milton Keynes you know yeah Um, just the quality of life as well I'd really like to be able to conquer this it's just like small steps at the sat now practice getting used to that clutch again even just outside the house when you just do a couple of stops and starts when you just familiarize yourself with how you do it and that reignites it to the front of the brain again so if you're in a situation where it is a slight hill you can tell yourself what to do rather than thinking of the negative of what might happen you can say just do this a bit like what you said with the sat nav i can do that yeah i think um and also with the hills um i visited a friend in london when i was able to drive on the M1. I built my confidence back up and um, I had to go on a road. I don't know if you know Dagmar Avenue in Harrow. If you don't, it's worth well knowing. It's like a 45 degree angle. <laughs> uh, it's like you're driving like that. And um, although I drove quite comfortably from Milton Keynes to Harrow, but when I got to the foot of the road, I went round to the back of the pub 
there was the, the back of that the road, you know around the corner the next road along there was uh it was still a bit of a hill managed that bit and then i had to sort of swing around and i was at the park in the pub in the end i couldn't i couldn't go on that particular road i've never come across a road like that it's like a 45 degree angle is and it goes it's a very long road and it Usually, it's like you're taking off in a plane, going up quite fast. So that was reinforcing, as um, you were saying, Tracy, reinforcing the negative. Yeah. This idea of practicing your biting yeah. point, practicing yeah. your clutch control, yeah. but not when you're driving. So outside your house, in a car park, somewhere flat, yes. as if you're really going back to basics and learning it from scratch. Mm. I agree with Kev. What's happening is when you're driving in general around Milton Keynes, you're just doing it and it's so automatic, you don't even notice yourself doing it mm. because you absolutely have the skills mm. with your clutch control. You must have. There's no way you can be driving around town without those skills, mm. but you're doubting your ability. So I think coming back to practicing that biting point, practicing that clutch control, Really noticing what your feet are doing on the pedals, and most importantly, listening to the sound. So we talk about this in a previous episode, don't we? We've got an episode called "Don't Let Stalling Stop You," um, and it, for people who are worried about stalling, and it's all about really listening to the sound and knowing what it feels like, and being able to get that balance going and that on on what the noise is like so like Kev said to bring it back to the forefront of your mind yes rather than it being autopilot which it is and I think where it's autopilot when you're driving that's when you're doubting your ability when you think you need to use it on a hill and I really think if you can get to grips with that and then go and find a little tiny slow to try it on and I think that's your first challenge actually before doing little junctions on the A5. Do you know where home base and BNQ are in Milton Keynes? Yeah. Fantastic yeah. places especially for you because mm. there's that might be level two. Was that level two? Level yeah. Two. <laughs> but, but that's in future that they've got little hills. Yeah I've been there. And yeah in queue. We're done Elms yeah. and Oldbrook and been into Oldbrook. Noticed well, Oldbrook's, Oldbrook's on a hill. I've been doing wow. the hill. Because you haven't thought about it. Yeah. You've just mm-hmm. done it. And you've maybe not had to stop there. Mm-hmm. But you, if you've ever turned into Dunhams, if you've ever turned into home base, you've had to stop. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. All around there. Yeah. It's just that you're just doing it because you know what to do and you just do it. Yeah. When you're in a situation where something might have happened before, where it's like, oh, it's stalled yeah. in, on that road, now it becomes a blockage. And what we're trying to do is to unblock you yeah. and go, okay, well, if I stop on this hill, I just remember what I was doing outside my house. I just remember what I was doing when I was in Dunham's. I just remember the good times that I've moved my car away, and I'll just repeat that. As opposed to, oh, I'm going to roll back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because when we said about stalling, your face, your eyes like, went wide and your face really showed that. What yeah. worries you? Is it rolling back or is it stalling? Yeah, if you're going up a hill. You're worried about rolling oh, back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So not about stalling, you're worried about rolling back. 
but there's a stall in would cause the rolling back potentially. Yeah. But it's I know what I don't want, but what do I want? I want, yes. And what I want is to move forward. Well, what okay. do I do? Oh, I just do this. And then if you are in queue in traffic on the hill, and I know exactly the hill you'd be on, it happens quite a lot. And it's just about, I'll just do this. It might be you change your driving style slightly. So you see a car slower in front of you and you think, do you know what I do? I don't really want to get close to him. I just hold back a little bit so the car's still moving. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going slightly slower than I normally would. Yes. The car's still moving and I can get up the hill. Still moving slowly, but I'm not having to stop. What I've done is I've eliminated all my thoughts of rolling back. Mm. Because you've created the space in front. Does this come back a bit to driving in a bubble? Drive, a little bit like driving in a bubble, yes. And what I mean by driving in a bubble is you've got space in front of you and space behind you. Yes. And if you imagine that space as a bubble, no one comes into your bubble. And what you do is you always have this safety bubble, as I call it. So that's your space and you can control how big you want your bubble. But can you? Because I know the bubble you're talking about and the bubble, how I used to look at this bubble was the, the chevrons, those markings. I don't see them so much. And so I used to be like, okay, there's my chevron. That's your chevron. But invariably, other people wouldn't respect your space with that chevron. So although you, you want to create that bubble, it's only sort of temporary before somebody else sort of bursts it. And if you think about that bubble and someone else comes into that bubble. Yes. And if you think of the journey from just trying, Milton Keynes to Watford, and you're doing it at, I don't know, 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. You know, you've got your little safety box. It's going to be quite busy. And the bubble will be probably be slightly smaller because you're traveling uh, slower. Yes. How many times do you think that would happen on that journey? I frequently. When I've done this with someone who's always driving too close to cars. And so we practiced it on this journey. So we kept this bubble, our safety bubble. How many people came into that bubble? None. But because it had happened to him before, his thought processes was, it's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again. So we, I challenged that with a little game. But at the same time, it was his thought processes was telling him, if you leave this gap, it's going to happen. But in reality, how many times did it happen? Maybe I was fortunate on that day, but no one came into our space. But is that more because you were dropping or altering your speed so that you could talk forward planning that, okay, there's a car that's in my lane and to make sure I keep this bubble? I'm just going to drop back or go forward or is that why it ended up that no one else came into the bubble whole journey we had a bubble and it was a safety bubble and they did exactly what you just said there they forward planned and they just kept this bubble and he actually turned around at the end and went that's actually quite easy wasn't it that wasn't stressful at all and he'd been driving for years and he went that was actually quite a bit like what you said earlier relaxed after the and this is where we're trying to say here is that there's certain things we can do there's tools and techniques we can do with anxiety and stresses but the driving side of things we can change little things that we want and if we can change that process our thought processes i'm staying safe i've got the bubble i'm just i'm keeping up with the flow of traffic yeah. but i've still got my bubble i'm quite happy i've got my sounds on 
chilling out. I just feel relaxed and confident. <laughs> and again, it just takes one step at a time. How does that sound to you? It sounds uh, realistic and it's, it's doable. I'm not connecting with it just yet. In my mind, I'd be, oh, I'd love to get there. I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to get there. Manage the bubble and jump in the car and say, hey, let's go to the seaside today without any fear, not knowing, you know, what road I'm going to encounter on the route. There's a part of me, I really want to do that. But then it needs to connect with the fitness pulling me back. And I think it's practice. Like you've said, you know, it's, it's doable, it's realistic. Or the sat-nav is, I can do that. When we start putting all these words and actions into place now, it's then it's like that's the first step. Yeah. And I think also it's helpful that you're taking this time with me to explain it in detail because it's great. And uh, I had one lesson. So I think my husband took me out to build up the confidence before. But I just had one lesson. Uh, you're a really good instructor recently and I explained what I've just said to you and he took me on the A5 I said well, can we just do the first bit I guess he was observing what I could do you know uh, and he was so patient he allowed me to just do that first bit and come off and then we went to a side road he got out the car we switched over and he took me back to the roundabouts so I could do it all the and I think that's what I need you're absolutely right just a little snippet of Mm. challenges along the way yeah. and if I know the distance I could work out how is it from McDonald's around about the bridge that I think that's going to help me build up my confidence or at least keep going yeah. 500 yards left before you around the bend it turns into a single carriageway and then yeah so it's lots of patience and um, having somebody who's, who's willing to <laughs> How do you feel about that McDonald's roundabout? Do you feel okay on that? Before I did that one off lesson, I was anxious. In fact, mm-hmm. my anxiety actually started from the garden centre. Yeah. At just that little stretch, I was always, oh, just as near the, what is near on the A5. I was always anxious. Um, but after the lesson, because we went around the roundabout a couple of times and it was explained to me, just stay over in the left-hand lane. And that sort of, reduce my anxiety somewhat Hmm. um could i take off on my own from that i think i could and i have to deal with the a5 where it's a dual carriageway that's the bit then yeah i'm just wondering if you could make one of those sections your bit for turning around so one of those sections on the a5 either the one up to brick hill so the the mcdonald's roundabout up to brick hill and you turn around Come off a brick hill, go round that loop, rejoin it, down to that roundabout. Yeah. And just doing that, if that, just picking two junctions, knowing that at both junctions, there's a roundabout when you come off that you can go yes. round and do it again. And so just picking a tiny stretch with two roundabouts so you know exactly how far you're going, exactly how you're going to get off and get back on again, and making that your first baby step, as well as practicing your clutch control i really really like you to do that and drive in a bubble and the bubble what you've just said forward planning i'm going to start thinking about this is my bit that's your bit yeah and i'll adjust what i'm doing so i can keep my bubble yeah that's yeah. it if somebody does come in it you, you adjust accordingly because mm. it's all about you yeah. and it's all about you feeling that confidence that you want yeah. and the confidence that you had before that you're now going to get again Great. 
How does that sound? It sounds great. It sounds like an action plan. Yeah. Especially good. with, you know, I think about the sat nav. I literally look at the sat nav every day, walk straight past it, and yeah, no, stay there. So I'm going to start thinking about using the, not thinking, I will tomorrow put that sat nav in the car. It's coming with me. And then I think I will start looking. I want to find out the distance from the McDonald's roundabout to, to Brick Hill. Yep. And then from Little Brick Hill, there's a bridge. Yep. So if on my next leg then I practice that, then at least I know, right, you've got 500 yards. You're 500. You know, it's talking myself around logically. Yeah. To build confidence. Um the hills in Milton Keynes, hills, I'll just practice my clutch control. And I'm going to be more aware of it now as I'm traveling yeah. in Milton Keynes. Um, and practice it without driving. So go and find somewhere. Go somewhere, car park or somewhere where it's really quiet and just go and practice that. Get in your bicycle point, listen right. to it. Yeah. Bring those basic skills back into your mind. Yes, I will. Okay. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Fantastic. Lovely. Great. So thank you so much, Kim, for joining us and giving up your time to chat those things through. I really hope that that will be useful for other people listening. Oh, I hope so. And hopefully I'll be able to give you a call by Christmas and say, hey, I made it to Land's End. Yay! You'll never, you'll never guess where I am. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Small steps. But yeah. But thanks very much for having me, Tracy and Kevin. Um, yeah. Uh, great instruction, and I will put uh, plans in action as of tomorrow, and I'll keep you posted. Oh, fantastic! Brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, bye. We really enjoyed chatting to Kim there and thanks again to Kim for giving up her time and joining us. Kev, what were your main takeaways from our conversation? So a couple of things. First one is it's the fear of stalling mentioned on those heel starts. But for me, it's about we become so unconscious of what we're actually doing. So learning again how do I move the car away? What do I do with my feet? How do I do it? And doing it in a quiet place like outside your house so that you can become familiar with that technique. So if something happens further down the line, you can just repeat those easy steps that you've just gained again. Yeah, that was really interesting, wasn't it? Because Kim came to us originally because she was scared of going on the A5 and scared of going on the motorway. But actually, as the conversation developed, it turned out it was much more than that. And it really did come down to basics. And yet, like you say, some of those basics of clutch control, we know that she's doing all the time. It's become part of her automatic processes. But she just hadn't realised she's got those skills to use in the situation of a heel. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just re-familiarising yourself with the techniques that you've got. Yeah, lovely. Now, one of the other things that came out for me there was the fact that when you avoid something repeatedly, actually what you start to do is you reinforce that behaviour. So Kim talks about avoiding the A5, avoiding the motorway, but she also talks about avoiding areas where she doesn't know what the roads are like in case she comes across an area that she's not happy with. 
So again, this avoiding all the time is just reinforcing avoiding behavior. And that's going to take a little while to unravel and undo. Yeah, and part of that, we mentioned the technology that she's got. She walks past the sat-nav every day, but getting used to using a sat-nav on a journey, you know, regular journeys, you're getting used to the, the map being there. You're getting used to the voice that's telling you where to go. And then when you want to go somewhere different, that voice was then just going to help you. It's like a second person in the car for you, just to help you along that journey. You've still got to drive, obviously, but just as a second person in the car for you, you can use the technology that way. Yeah, and Kim said she was going to start using the sat-nav the following day on her normal journeys. So hopefully that's gotten well for you, Kim. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed we'll find out when we talk to her again soon. Yeah, lovely. And so just remembering, she came away at the end saying that that sounded like an action plan. So... I think that's the final takeaway is to make a plan and make it baby steps, something that feels manageable and doable. Yeah, and this is it. This is the first step, isn't it? The first step might well have been having those lessons and then having a, a takeaway, a action plan, so you can go and practice what actually we need to become more confident in our driving. Great. So we hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as we did and that maybe you found something useful in there that resonates for you. If you did, let us know. All of our contact details are in the show notes as always. Remember to share our podcast with anybody else who might like to build their driving confidence. And so until next time, have a great day, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast. If you would like to access any of our free tools, go to confidentdrivers.co.uk forward slash free tools and begin to transform how you feel about driving.